And hello and welcome. Oh, I love our echo there. I don't know where that was coming from, but hello and welcome to UK Dallas Cowboys fans TV. Um, a bit of a difference here. I'm actually hosting for once, so uh, it is bound to go, let's just say, tits up probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, joining us in the show today, we've got uh, my fellow Scotsman here, Graham Wilson, and my fellow Celtic warrior, Brian Gaynor. How you doing, guys? Evening, folks. How are they? Yeah, good. Uh, so uh, today we're going to be discussing about the pre-game show, but before we start that, we need to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Cowboys Experience. Um, if you are planning going to a game this year, um, be sure to check out Cowboys Experience, where they cater and specialised package, especially for this season due to the COVID nineteen restrictions. Um, Get to meet a have interaction with players, a cheerleaders, alumni, and a hell of a lot more. But be sure to visit their website at www.cowboysexperience.com and call them by their telephone number. And if you are from the UK going forward for next year for the 20, 2021 season, please make sure that you use the code UK Cowboys. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, um how are we doing anyway, boys? Just doing all right? Not too bad. All right. Looking forward, looking forward to a bit of a shootout this weekend. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm needless to say, um, I'm actually quite intrigued to see how this matchup's going to be. Um, after seeing, watching the highlights of the Falcons and Seahawks game. Um, with that being said, this is going to be our first home game. Um and with that, um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the video that the Dallas Cowboys have just released in regards to the home game. Um, our home games is the safe stadium um, protocols. Um, basically, they're introducing uh, over 300 sanitizer stations. Um, it's all mobile ticketing. So it, no more paper-based anymore. Um, Trying to like, restrict the whole contact, um, pod seating, Quite a lot, but it's quite an impressive video. But for anyone that is going to the game, I strongly suggest you go and watch the video or uh, visit uh, dallascowboys.com for slash safe stadium for any further information regards to going to AT&T Stadium. Not so, um, but yeah. Um, but that said, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons going ahead and... And with that, they during the week one game, they lost 25-38 at home. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the game? And where do you guys see uh, the biggest problem lies in their offense? Well, normally I would say, I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit I haven't watched the highlights. Um from my understanding of the Falcons, they're, they're kind of managing injuries week to week as they go. Um, <clears throat> certainly from, from my understanding of it, that Julio Jones is, doesn't seem to play, be the player that he once was, certainly in terms of fantasy. Um, he, he seems to have fallen into the, the, the latter rounds. Um, still, a, still a stud receiver. I'm, I'm not going to beat about the bush. He's a stud receiver, but um, can you rely on him every week? I'm not so sure anymore. Same would go for sorry, Paul. Jump in. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> funny, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned because I do have the stats of that game. He was, <clears throat> he, he was nine catches with 157 yards. But I know where you're coming from with regards to that. Yeah, it's like like um, normally he'd be like the first top receiver being picked in terms of fantasy football and stuff. Like yeah. But for some reason, like his production has dropped. Yeah, but that first game there, like that's quite of a statement he made there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it. It, 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 I'd imagine in week one of the season it's helped them a lot um, they'll, they'll certainly be I'll try and leave some meat on the bone for Brian but certainly with um, <laughs> in terms of Todd Gurley it seems to be a kind of week to week management system with him as well um, obviously the, the Rams let him go because they don't think his knee can hold up to a full season and if the Falcons can keep him limited in terms of touches they'll certainly be expecting more high quality touches out of him so um, it, my understanding of it is that they're, they're 
a managed offence, but they're still a very potent offence. Um, to go and score as many points like you do against the Seahawks, um, it makes you a force to be reckoned with. And Matt Ryan just seems to be Mr. Consistent as normal. Yeah, I mean, I've just put his stats up from that game just there. Like, he was like 450 yards, uh, 37 completions and 54 attempts, um, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, I mean, so does, so for you, for you, Brian, would you... Do you generally think that uh, the passing game is the, the thing we should be worrying about in terms of our, our Cowboys defense? No, I don't. I, I I was listening to you quite quite um, strangely, and I was I was I was trying to resist the temptation to jump in because I think this Atlanta Falcons offense is totally unbalanced. Um, you'll see the numbers for Todd Gurley, and they got behind very quickly last weekend against the Seahawks. They started going to the run game and the Seahawks, I think, ended up something like 14 or 21 points ahead. They had to start throwing the ball. So you're seeing that was why Matt Ryan had numbers up at 50, 54 attempts throwing the ball yep. and ended up with 450 yards. It's exactly like us last season where we had to abandon the run game to try and get back into the game. Racked up, as we say, Dak racked up nearly 5,000 yards last year, which is not Dallas Cowboys football. The Falcons these days are trying to play catch-up football. It's throw the ball about, it's throw wild, and <coughs> there's a lot of chances for interception for us at the weekend. Would it change your opinion, Brian, if I told you, that the according to NFL.com, that the Falcons had the second-ranked offense and the first-ranked passing offense? No. It, so they've, they've, interesting. they've, they've yeah, been interesting. forced into that. Yeah, it's okay. yeah, it still goes back to that thing that they got behind very early and had to do it. Like, if you look at, in terms of first-ranked offense, that's based on yards in the game. And, of course, if you're throwing for 450 yards and you've close to 100 yards. In, in, yeah, you're behind. Um, you're behind. You're not, there's something not right. <clears throat> if it was more balanced and you were seeing Todd Gurley with close to 100 yards you'd be going okay something is happening but when you're seeing 450 yards like our offense was ranked number one last season because I think we the most we or we were right there in terms of yards yeah but we, were in the, we were in the top five for sure yeah but we weren't a top five offense last year because when it mattered when it was in the red zone we couldn't convert when yep. it was close, like they showed the staff repeatedly at the weekend in the Rams game, we were one and five in one score games. We couldn't get it done. So those stats are very misleading in that way. Well, something that isn't misleading is um, to back up your claim 29th in rushing offense. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of funny that we're talking about, like, say, the wide receivers and stuff like that. Because I'm, I've got the stats there on the screen just now. And uh, the reason I've only picked these four because they're the, pri the primary, the main targets during that whole game. But the fact is, Ridley, Jones, and Gage all got nine catches, mm. and that was the number of yards they managed to gain. Um, obviously, we're Ridley with two touchdowns, but when you think about it, that's over ten yards per catch. Uh, per catch. So, uh, so whenever they do catch the ball, they're being effective. They're uh, pushing that ball up, up the. Uh, up to up near the, uh, the end zone, so um, just well, is that a case of Seattle are pinning them back? Because you have to remember Seattle of Michael Dix Dixon, a punter who was able to he's he's landed most balls inside the 20. So Atlanta have eight that's true go downfield, so there's, there's a reason those numbers are that high, yeah. Yeah, so it could be the fact that they were being more desperate to try and get the ball quicker upfield. Yeah. It could be it could be two minute offense or whatever, and that rushing yeah. the ball, trying to get up as far as up they can, whatever. Yeah, I mean that's that's totally understandable. Um, <laughs> uh, but in terms of the rushing game, um, for me, from one when I watched the game, it felt as though that it, they're still trying to experiment with Gurley in a way, like, and Gurley still feels as all. He's still trying to kind of fit in, like because you know when you like season uh, 
one and two when he was with the LA Rams. He was legit. Like he was a really good runner, but then obviously the injuries took place. But with him now going to a new team, new scheme, whatever on that, I wasn't it's just kind of seems to be he's just like it feels like he's just another running back for me. So do we feel threatened by Gurley in any way, guys? Um I'll start off with you this time, Brian. Um I think it'll be interesting to see, like when myself and yourself were talking about this on, on Tuesday night and reviewing the Rams game, we were saying it's his first time in an Atlanta Falcons jersey. It's the first time yep. he's having contact. He's still trying to get used to the scheme, the assignments, all that kind of stuff. Like so when like you could see, like if you if you compare him to Zeke, like Zeke knew what he was doing this weekend. Gurley didn't exactly know what he should should be doing. And you will see as as the season goes on that Gurley will settle more into that offensive system. Yeah. And and what about you, Graham? I I just I just remember back to last week. Um last week I I gave the Rams attack a fairly good roasting over the fact that they were, they didn't know who their guy was. Yeah, well, the guy's called Malcolm Brown, and he tore us to bits. Yeah, so, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Me and Brian kind of discussed that. They they seem to kind of like just had the free idea of plays. It was either to Robert Woods, Malcolm Brown for the, a screen pass or a handoff to Malcolm Brown. Yeah, and that was that was it. Like I don't think there was many targets towards Cooper Cup or anything like that. <clears throat> so, but. When you compare this to Atlanta, there's a hell of a lot more options available for Matt Ryan. Yeah, it, I, I'm just gonna. I mean, it, we all know that Torgill is managing a knee issue. Yes, I'm just gonna temper what I'm gonna say because so many times on this podcast, I've kind of I've questioned the team's running attack, and they've come out and bit us in the backside. Um, Aaron Jones being one of them last season. Malcolm Brown on Sunday there, yeah. so against against a, a a middle to upper defensive line, Tarley, Gurley will get questioned because he was questioned against the the Seahawks and it, it unraveled pretty quickly. Yeah, um, if our defensive line can be the the line that we want it to be, hopefully he'll ha- he'll have the same game. But um, on the NFL side, uh, I still averaged uh, four yards per carry. And a touchdown, so it wasn't the worst day at the office for him, even though they got away from the run game. So there is talent there. Whether he plays sixteen games or not, I don't know. But he's playing against us on Sunday, and that's all that matters. So if we can keep, if we can get on the front foot and get a lead, they might break with the fifty-fifty split and go back to the the passing game, uh, which would effectively keep Gurley quiet. Um, is he a, is he a thirty yard? Uh, is he a thirty carry per game anymore? No, no but no. he's still a, in in the in the red zone. He's potent. Still, I would say. Yeah, I totally agree. So, in terms of defense, then uh, our Dallas defense, and for me, obviously, my concern from the last game was obviously the defensive line. I felt as though we were a wee bit sloppy in terms of getting that first quick step in. Um, and don't get me wrong, Alden Swift was a breath of fresh air when he was playing. And, that. and it kind of occurred to me, like, he was pretty much on the mass majority of all the snaps for that whole game in comparison to your superstar players in terms of once he's earning the most buck, like D-Law and whatever on that. Um, do you think... With this game going on, we're, we're going to see a lot more of the starters getting more game time because it felt as though there was a, a lot more rotation for that whole game against the Rams as well. On you go, Brian. Yeah, I I would expect to see a bit more settled. I, I, I think we can kind of assume at this stage, and especially with the injury report, that Alden Smith's going to be playing as a linebacker this year. He's not going to be playing as a defensive end. So I think we'll see more of bookends with Everson Griffin and Demarcus Lawrence. And I think 
they will swap sides uh depending on the on the snap and try and try and mix it up with and find a weakness in the Atlanta offensive line, which is not the greatest line in the league. So I would hope to see a bit of pressure, but kind of to what Graham was saying there on Todd Gurley um, and us getting ripped asunder at defensive tackle again, I hope that we can start plugging up those gaps in the middle because Malcolm Brown is not a top-caliber running back. And once again... We made him look like one, you know. It was so the same. It, it was the same with the playoff game where who who was the CJ running back? Anderson. Yeah, he completely just bulldozed us that game. Yeah. So it just seems to be always the second stringers when we play the Rams. Now it just seems to have that yeah. it factor. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, in terms of also when we're up against this uh, Atlanta offense, um. And we, we just kind of saw the uh, stats for the wide receivers and for Matt Ryan there. I'm a wee bit concerned with our secondary and our linebacker core because not only just that, we've got we've also lost uh, Sean Lee. That's, sorry, that's news as well. We've lost Sean Lee. He's sidelined for six weeks because he needs to get an operation. Leighton Van Der Esch as well. He's out for six, six to eight weeks uh, for his neck. And... Uh, but in terms of other news, we've actually got Alex Light, Rashad Smith signed from, I think it was Arizona, and I can't remember the other team. Chicago. In Chicago. And Brandon Carr's now been promoted to the 53-man roster. So we have made some changes to the roster, but in terms of what I was just trying to say in terms of the passing game, should we be concerned at all, Graham? Well, just, I mean, it all, it all links together. Um, if your if your pass rush gets there, it takes pressure off, and vice versa. If your if your corners can stay locked up, it gives your D line more more opportunities to get there. Um, for me, it starts in the trenches, and um, I, I I'm not a I'm not a defensive line expert by any number. I mean, obviously, <laughs> um, but I. I'm starting to get annoyed with the production from Demarcus Lawrence. I I, I can't hide it anymore. Um, you you don't see. I'm not going to say everybody, but you you see so many top pass rushers get their money, but their production doesn't fall off the cliff. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of good examples. Like if you took Demarcus Lawrence out of that equation, there's a few defensive linemen, for example, in the Dumbarton Sioux. Ever since he got that big, massive contract, he's been from team to team. He's not really had that same production, and um, yeah, and this I think it was like same with Jason Pierre Paul when he got his big contract. He, his form went down as well. I'm pretty sure, and a few other defensive ends as well, um, but. It's yeah, I, I I can see where you're coming from, but uh, I just really hope he really switches turns it up this this game because if not, the guys in, in the the second string and third string they'll be pushing, they'll be trying to force the lot out of that starting role. Like so, I mean, what is your thoughts on this, Brian? Because because uh, Graham made a really good point about that about the law. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see Graham's point on this in terms of the Marcus. Um, in the last two seasons, the, the sacks happening in there, the numbers happening in there for a guy who's on the top end defensive end contract, he's, he's in the top five in terms of what he's been paid and he's not producing the same level of numbers. Like, well, in terms of sacks, but there is one part of the game where Demarcus does play slightly better, and that's in getting pressure and creating pressure. It's, it's, it's funny that you just mentioned that because um, yeah. a Mike operating the UK Cowboys fans um, channel, he just left that wee comment for us. Time did have the most QB pressures last week, so he did have a performance, but it's not so much making the tackles in that as yeah. well. But in terms of the, it's more the stat numbers that just don't really match up to what 
he's getting paid for, but he's still working. But it's we're not seeing that same type of deal I, again, especially. Yeah. But here, the issue I kind of see is like now that we're running the forefront uh, defensive line, that should actually free him up from not getting double teamed anymore. Mm. That doesn't matter if you're on the edge or cutting back inside. You shouldn't be having like a tackle and a guard hitting you. And he is still regarded as one of the best de- uh, defensive events in the league still. Um, but, but um, I mean, obviously, you, you'll know better than that, I will, Paul. But my understanding of a defensive end is that your one your job is to go and tackle whoever has the ball. And that shouldn't really, in, in a nutshell, it's to go and tackle whoever has the ball. And that shouldn't change um, from season to season. Like I see Mike's just made another point there. He's one of the best ends against the run. Yep. And I get that. But hard hard stats say one tackle and no sacks. Alden Smith has been out for goodness knows how long and he was our best defensive player on Sunday. That cannot be overlooked. But I would say the, the counter-argument for that is people would expect, like for the Rams, they would expect Alden Smith not to even be playing the game. They thought they would, he would have been the weakest link. They kept running the ball to his side, his side of the, uh, the field, eliminating D-Law from making any plays at all. But when it came yeah. to the, the, uh, the passing game, like Mike just mentioned, he had the most QB pressures. That so, like even though he didn't, we didn't really see see D Law a lot at all. Like, I understand the frustration, but he's still p- producing out there. So now that I've kind of taken time to kind of think about it, I understand the frustration. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a bit annoyed that he's not getting the, the numbers, so to speak, like the sacks and the tackles. Because I love seeing D Law celebrating, go crazy, like when he makes it makes a good tackle and whatever and that. But he is still producing. Fundamentals where the other guys are making the hits because they're trying to avoid the law at all costs because they know he is the best player. If that's the case, then it's working. If they're avoiding Demarcus Lawrence and shipping it to the other side, that means that's good on him because he's doing his job properly. Like, but it's up to the other guys to make those plays and make them rethink. Oh crap! Well, we can't go to the law. We can't go to Alden Smith. We need to try and run through the middle go through Tristan Hill and uh, Don Terry Poe. So there's that um, scenario, and this is where offensive coordinators have that nightmare all the time, trying to figure out what way do we go, what is the weak side, what is the strong side of that defence. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys want to add anything on top of that, but that's pretty much how you would kind of assess how the front four or front three, depending how the linebackers are, are Positioned as well, but um, but yeah, I think kind of to Mike's Mike's point on um, that he's a great defensive end against the run. Like, and correct me if I'm not saying this correctly, Paul, but the defensive ends have to seal the pocket off so that if there's a run play, you're forcing the running back to go into the middle, it depends. It depends on the, it depends on the stunt. If yeah. you're running a full slant, like say for example, all defensive linemen move to mm. the left, so the yeah. defensive end would cut inside. They would try and get inside of that um, that tackle, but there would always be the outside linebacker to uh, protect that gap, mm. just in case it's, it's covered. They would be more of a like placeholder there, yeah. where the defense like that's just more of a full on. Yeah. Like just slant play, so um, and obviously, I think that's where Alden Smith picked up a lot of his tackles at the weekend. Was as you say, he was playing as the Sam in your in your three linebackers, and from what I saw, the linebackers were go- or the the fronts were going one way, and Alden was coming across the tackle from where the from where the running back was running to. They say mm-hmm. they were going left and all of them was coming right to block up that space. Yeah. 
I'd be very interested to see everyone else's comments. Like, if you're if you're watching the show, folks, um, send us your comments. What do you feel we need to stop the Atlanta Falcons offense? Uh, I'd be very curious to know. Should we be focusing more on the passing game? Should, should we just put the much pressure on the like Matt Ryan? Make sure he doesn't give give him the opportunity to make any plays at all. Should we kind of focus on like? Force them going into the run and force it or completely annihilate the run game, whatever. What do you think? Send us your comments in. Um, but kind of um, just kind of following up from that, um, rather than talking about our defense, well, we're still talking about our defense, sorry, but it's the defensive backs. Um, and Mike just made a wee point there about if Jordan Lewis comes back, we've got a DB that, that can make sacks. Which is a which is a fair argument. Like Lewis can like he can run down that blitz line for sure. Um, I just want to know what your guys' thoughts in terms of where we are in terms of depth against these wide receivers in terms of Julio, Calvin Ridley, and a uh, this I don't I can't even remember the kid's first name, but it's son name's Gage. Okay. And also uh, yeah, Russell Gage. I know you've also got the tight end Hayden Hurst, who is pretty good. He has a great tight end. So, yeah. so for me, I'll be quite worried, but it really depends. Our D-line needs to put a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan to make a lot of mistakes yeah. as well. I know, I know I'm down on Demarcus Lawrence, but I, I recognise that there's there's four guys on that line and if they're pushing away from, away from D. Lawrence, it's going to result in bigger tackles, but you're you're a twenty million dollar a season player, and based solely on stats, it's not happening. Uh-huh. It's not happening. But I get it. I get. I get that. that obviously, they're going to keep away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the defensive backs, I think we're we're still seeing the kind of loss of Byron Jones and the addition uh, of um, of Diggs as a kind of. You know how you get the green arrow going up and the red arrow going down. Ours is kind of the grey going along the middle right now yeah. for me. It does it, it it hasn't improved, but I don't think it's necessarily got worse either. Um like nobody was talking about this the first four weeks of last season. So it, this is this for me kind of carries on from, from last year. Um like I said earlier on, if the D if the D line doesn't get there, the QB has longer to find an open receiver, and it, it carries on from there. So, yeah, and Brian uh, made a point. Sorry, to cut you off there, Graham. No, but, no. Uh, Graham made a point earlier in regards to the Falcons' offensive line. They're not the best in the NFL. The best player, regardless in that line, is probably uh, Jake Matthews, the, the right tackle, or is it left yeah. tackle? I can't, I can't remember what city plays, but uh, he is. I think he's left now. Yeah, he is without a doubt their best player in that offensive line. Um, it's more the inside. I would say that's the weakest point. So that's I think that's where we can really make an advantage. So this could be like so. I'm going to make a bold prediction here, folks. I reckon this could be the game for Tristan Hill in terms of the numbers. Oh. God, I hope so. Honestly, I hope so because honestly, like, I think I think this this could be one of those games that it just be like, where the hell did this come from? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, I mean, certainly myself in particular, we've we've bashed Lawrence enough already in this podcast. So maybe, it, maybe to give him a break, maybe it is time for the other three to step up. You know, we saw plenty of production out of Smith, but. Um, not to yeah. forget, like so. Just add on top of that, with regards to Smith, like he had, he was on the mass majority of all those snaps as well. Yeah. He didn't, he did not really have a break yeah. at all, which I thought was quite surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, it Hill's a second round pick, and it's time to see that second round talent yes. we missed last year, um, for one reason or another, which we won't go into. Um, but it's it's time to get the helmet on and. Crack some skulls. Yes, you know I, it's it. We need it. Interior pressure is just as important as um, coming off the edge. 
it, it's got to be. I mean, God, we saw that enough from Aaron Donald on Sunday. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen the highlights. He yes. absolutely crushed the line. He, I think he took out um, Looney and my God, the guy's a beast. Yeah, God, uh, I'd love to I, have somebody like that. Yeah, I tied Brian in the video because we were talking about it on Tuesday's show, and when I saw and it was a uh, it was Law Nation that posted it. Uh, if you don't know who Law Nation is, uh, go follow him on uh, Facebook and YouTube, guys. Um, but he made a really good comment. It's like, and this is this is one of the situations where our offensive line. And uh, this is what I'm we're now going to jump into the Falcons defense right now. Is um, that's one way the bit is our offensive line. Connor Williams, um, still critical of him. Like he had some good moments in the game, but he had some absolute howlers as well. And in regards to that, a uh, Aaron Donald uh, pancake, double pancake on Looney and. Zach Martin, that can't be that can't be faulted on um, Connor Williams because because he had to he had to look after his uh, his B gap mm. rather than the A gap because that should have been Joe Looney. Joe Looney was too focused on helping Zach Martin for whatever reason because yeah. he looked he looked well he looked uh, he looked well comfortable doing that block, but for some reason Looney just kind of looked at it, didn't get his assignment right and it cost him. Both of them ended up on the back side. So I was quite surprised at that. But yeah. In but in terms of the offensive line, um what are your major concerns? because uh, I'll bring up the stats for the for their defensive line and that and in uh, linebackers. So it wasn't the greatest in numbers, but they still managed to get some sacks during that game on Russell Wilson, who has a good solid O line. So like Tap Kenley. He had two for two tackles and assists with one sack, who's a f former first-round draft pick. Uh, Jarrett, two tackles and three assists with one and a half sacks. And Deontay Fowler Jr., one tackle, three assists, and half a sack. So that's the top three players within that um, Falcons defense um, in terms of the, the front seven. Um, but give me your thoughts, guys. Do we feel as though that we were... Under, under, like we weren't addressed enough against the Rams, and this is the, the game that we really need to step it up. It's difficult to judge because of Aaron Donald. Aaron yeah. Donald will do that to most offensive lines, but I can, I can just, I can just hear Richard in the distance, <laughs> who who's been screaming for offensive line help, and I totally agree with him. Four years ago. We were offensive line royalty. Four, even three years ago, we were offensive line royalty. Yep. Now we are at best average. Um, simple. I mean, I, I understand because of the salary cap and because of the draft, you cannot, you cannot stock up on everything. I get that. Yeah. But our our selections on offensive line have not been good because they're. They have they have something to develop coming out of college. They're not first round studs like we're used to. You know, like we we hit it out of the park with Smith, with um, Zach, with with Zach, with uh, Travis, Fedor, and Travis. We even got Lyle Collins, who was a first round okay. rated. Yep. Now it's crumbling. It, there are some serious serious issues there. Um, there is no point in having three stud receivers if you cannot get the ball to them. Um, I, I haven't seen the, the, the stats on Dak, but it seemed to be he couldn't get the ball out quick enough, and he had to. God, he had to get the ball out quick. Um, and it's we'll, we'll get on to this, but um, I, I take it the, the, the receivers are there, and they're, they're there, but they're going to have to be found pretty quickly. You know yeah. what I mean? You've got to give Dak three seconds to throw the ball. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. There, his stats was uh, during the Rams game. He was twenty-five uh, complete, completed uh, throws with uh, thirty-nine attempts, and total yards was two hundred sixty-six with one passing touchdown, which was to, to Zeke. Mm -hmm. So 
it's compared to last season, it's a below par. Should have been maybe two touchdown passes, and you're talking about an average of three fifty per game or above. Yeah. Based on yeah. what last season was. Yeah. So from that perspective, it but they did do a lot of uh, fair uh, carries out to Zeke in terms of the running game where he had 22 uh, carries over 96 yards with a 4.4 average and one touchdown. Um, Dak did run the ball for three attempts at 30 yards and uh, Tony Pollard only two carries at 10 yards. So a lot of the run game is going towards Zeke. There's no denying that and it's no secret towards any other team in the NFL. But uh, for the for the Falcons defense, they'll be wanting to stop that for sure. Yeah, I mean, if, see see if you just go. Sorry, Brian. See see if you just go across the line, right? You've got Smith, who will who will always be Smith, Cowboys legend. Um, he's he's done so much for us. Is he going to play sixteen games? We've already seen an injury, and you've got left guard. Conor McGovern, we've already spoken about, questionable. Joe Looney, the diet, Travis, Frederick. Zach Martin, can't do everything. Can't do everything. And then, guys, I'll be perfectly honest, I don't know who's starting at right tackle. It will be, probably will be Terry Steele. And Steele. Like, do, you see where, do you see where I'm coming from? It's, it's yeah. scary. Like, in terms of yep. the offensive line, right, and Graham Graham has put it brilliantly. You have a stud at left tackle. Yeah, he's going to miss three games, right? Yeah, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. You yes. have a second round pick at left guard who is going to get injured. You have a guy who hasn't played in a season at center, and I don't think he is good enough at center. Now, yes, we have been blessed since 2013 with Travis Frederick since we got him. But Joe Looney is, I don't think he's ever going to be good enough for the Dallas Cowboys. So what that creates is a huge amount of pressure on Tyron Smith at left tackle and Zach Martin at right guard because Zach Martin doesn't know who the guy is outside of him. So you've huge pressure on two all pros to keep that line together and you saw the effect that that clip that Paul is talking about like you could see Connor Williams was trying to pick up the block and saw shit there's someone coming I'm yep. trying yep. To, he was dillying and dallying and went left yeah for, for any offense uh, yep. into Zach and that's yeah good yeah I mean, when you compare when Joe Looney took over from uh, from Travis, when he went through that um, that year out to recover from that uh, condition that he had, um, he did well. Yeah, I thought I, I thought he did well, but it just seems to be like that game. I don't know. Again, this could be all down to the whole week one, no preseason, lesser training camp. All these factors can play in. So do you feel, and this is kind of more going back towards the Dallas defense as well, and this is why I was kind of saying this, like I still feel as though we were kind of slow off the mark. It took, it took us a wee, it took us to the second half to kind of adjust to what the Rams were doing. Do you feel that might be the same scenario when it comes to our offense when we go against this Atlanta defense? I, I really hope so. I really hope, I hope that I, I hope that I'm being down on my team, I hope that I'm remembering too much of last season. I hope that it's a knee-jerk reaction again, because let's face it, it was Aaron Donald. It was Aaron yep. Donald who's, who's who will walk into the Hall of Fame in his first in his first commencement. I I hope that I'm down on them and I'm I'm overly critical. What doesn't help is um, regular listeners to the show will know that my my dad's a a Packers fan, and we watched the the Packers Vikings game at six o'clock, and the Packers are after the first after the first week they are in mid season form, their offense is electric, and it just I'll I'll say it it made me jealous, it made me jealous. But I get 
It's a brand new coaching staff. There's been no preseason. We've lost at least one starter on offensive line. It's going to take time. Yeah. But that and doesn't the, help us now. <laughs> Do you know no, what I mean? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of tried to, like, I was saying this to Brian last week, well, not last week, uh, a couple of days ago on the previous show, but I had to get something out because I tried to make that type of point and I got ridiculed for it because people were calling me mediocre being like accepting accepting mediocre it's like i'm just trying to be real it's like there's a like because where did ask here boys we do have high expectations we always expect to go to the super bowl every year and rightly so now like we should like we should always be fighting for that super bowl we shouldn't be accepting anything less but at the same time you need to realize what you just mentioned there new coach new scheme less lesser preseason sorry yeah. no preseason sorry yeah. smaller training camp you name it so the, all yeah. these small factors plenty of current and, and i think people are being a little bit over um critical when it comes to that so i definitely think game by game you will see things picking up the pace but I really do hope that will be the case for this game because we really need to attack that defence. Because as you can see from the stats below, um, their corners had a like had a fair, fair amount of work against them when they were yeah. up against Russell Wilson. Yeah. That. So I thought I thought Mike made made a good point in that the the Rams expect to be a playoff team. Yeah. And we and we expect to be a playoff team. So something's got to give, you know, and it just happened. It just happened to be Aaron Donald in California, you know. Any given any given Sunday, there's. Yeah. I don't think the the Rams were any great shake. They just their their interior pressure and the defensive line, I, I think, made the difference. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. But to um, go back to go back to. To go back to the, the line which we're talking about, um, to my knowledge, the five of them have never played together like as starters. So there's going to be a bit of knitting to do there, like mm-hmm. who picks up what assignment, um, and like like we said with the new offense, the worst thing you can do is put Aaron Donald <laughs> slap yeah. bang in the middle of it because he, yeah. he would just he would just destroy it. Let's face it. So. I'm yeah. trying not to be too down. I'm trying not to be. Come on, Graham. Let's get, let's get, let's get know, a bit more here. Come on, <laughs> come on. I will, I, I will say something, and this was something I picked up. I don't know if you, if you guys picked this up. Um, Connor went. Connor Williams went out for a snap or two. And Biadish came on. Biadish came in at guard. So is that a tip of the hat that Connor McGovern is the centre in waiting? Because... We all spoke all summer that it was Connor Williams or Connor McGovern at left guard, and Biadish would be the centre. Are they thinking yeah. Biadish is a guard and McGovern will be the centre? I'm going to say no, because why? Why shift someone that's played the most of the, the majority of their whole college career at centre, and who is McGovern? They're both centres. Both McGovern and Biadish are centres by in college. Hmm. Good point. So, I find that I find that would definitely. I, I find that would. I find that would definitely be more of a discussion as the season goes on. Yeah. I think maybe maybe not so much to this game. I think it will still be the same line going into this game. Yeah. Something trying like build that bond, like we were kind of like like for for Zach and try uh, and Tyron to kind of gel together. Like obviously, corners now. This is his what third season now. Yeah, Connor Williams starts season. So this is him going at this first season now. He should be molded into that. And Joe, like like we said, he needs to pick it up. Um, in terms of what well, we've already spoke about our offensive line, but in terms of the Atlanta's defensive line, who would you say is the the, the biggest threat in our D line? Brady Jarrett. Yeah, I'll say yep. that. Yeah. I'll second that. He's just got a yeah. lot of from. Yeah. Jack McKinley can be a good pass rusher. So can Dante Fowler. 
but they can be extremely hot or extremely cold. Jared yeah. is he's a consistent presence on that line for the Falcons and has been for however long he's been there. I I think it's seven or eight years he's in Atlanta at this stage, but he's been consistent. It's always pressure in the middle. It's not a Aaron Donald's level pressure, but it's still pressure and it's consistent. Yeah. Folks, if you're watching the show, be sure to send in your comments as well. We would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts in terms of going ahead this game against the Atlanta Falcons? Are you worried about the defence? If so, what are you worried about? If you're worried about our offence, um, where do you think where we need to improve on? We'd love to hear your thoughts. So be sure to leave some comments in, either through Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. We're, we're live on all these platforms right now, so be sure to send in your comments. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of the likes of their, their secondary, it's the, uh, I would, personally for me, I'd say their secondary is a lot better and more established than what the Rams are because they've lost all those good players. The only player that they had was Ramsey for a game. And we all, well, I don't want to talk about that guy ever again <laughs> for, for good reason. Like I said, he is like the the NFL version of Marco Matarazzi. So, uh, <laughs> so um, I'll leave it at that. But give me your thoughts on their secondary, guys. Uh, start with you, Graham. I, I completely agree with you. It's a good secondary. Um, AJ Terrell, Keanu Neal, um, they can fly and they can hit as well. So uh, we're gonna need we're gonna need our receivers to to get open. Um, we're gonna need them to get open quickly, like we've already talked about. Um, we're already Blake Jarwin down, so that's a that's an extra piece missing. Um, yes step forward Dalton Schultz so yeah it's another <laughs> tough one it's it's basically again it will start in the trenches if Dak can get three seconds to throw the ball um, who knows what will happen um, but I agree with you Paul I think this is a step up in terms of cornerback yeah, yeah. so well, now that you mentioned that it's a step up uh, all the that critics are going to be out for this game, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and and I think that knows that himself. Like he knows he's up against a much more well-established like secondary in the league. Um, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how well they adapt. Are they going to be focusing more on the short passing game or the long passing game? It really depends. After if, if it was. If, if Jarwin was still playing, I definitely think they would still be doing a lot of short passing. Like, just to really, I don't see them really doing a lot of like deep route, especially when Terrell's there. I think yeah. this week they're going to try and be that intermediate 10 to 15 to 20 yard routes. Yeah. And like that, if a dump off is needed. They'll dump it off to Mary Cooper, which he did last weekend. Yeah, he was he was he was he was pretty much our Mister Reliable for that whole game. That they will try and get Gallup to go for contested balls. Hope CD Lamb can stretch the field a little bit because I think they only attempted two long balls in over the weekend. So like that, it's just short, intermediate kind of balls that Dak will be popping off. If the offensive line can stand up a bit better this week and allow that, that bit more time in the pocket, you might see more long balls. Mm -hmm. Then I think it's it's going to be eight to twelve yard passes most of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which frightens me a little bit because they got they got carved up by one of the best deep ball throwers in the game. Uh, Wilson got four touchdown passes on on Sunday. Um, Dak is Dak is sneaky good at the long ball. Uh, Dak gets a lot of criticism for his long ball, but it's it's actually very very good. It's very underrated, in my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, very underrated. It's um, just, because, just just because we don't see enough of it doesn't mean to see he's good at it. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it's, it goes back to the whole question: Is he going to get three seconds to get the ball out? That's 
that's going to be the big issue. O-line, there we go. So if the O-line can hold it up for that amount of time and get get the ball away under three seconds, then we, we should be we all should be fine. Because we've got because we've got the receivers, we've got Lab, we've got Gallup and Cooper. So the question is, the question is, it's just all about can our offensive line give Dak the time he needs to make those plays? And if those and yeah. if those red receivers aren't available, then you can try and look for the like run with the ball or whatever. And and yeah. and, and and that's enough. And as well, when we're talking about. Dak is he is a mobile quarterback. He can do that as well. Like I think I saw I think I saw it over the weekend, but they were saying that Dak was either first or second in terms of deep ball accuracy and percentages of last season. It was it was between himself and Russell Wilson. And all we hear is Pat Mahomes is the is the guy who can chuck it a mile. Uh, you know, well, well, just just because Patrick Mahomes can actually throw a ball where he's not looking yeah. doesn't mean he sees the best. <laughs> yeah, but like that, it was, and I know we've slated stats earlier, but it was Dak and Russell Wilson that were the best at that ball last mm-hmm. year. Was that deeper ball? Yeah. Uh, but on that note, I would like your guys to get a prediction on this game as well. So, when it comes to predictions, uh, I want to know what the score is going to be and and your reasons behind it. So, I'll go with you first, Brian, because I'll be very interested to see what you're... Uh... Um, I think we're looking at somewhere in the mid-30s. I think maybe 36, 37 points for the Cowboys and <laughs> 24 to Atlanta. Because I think so, I think they're going to try and establish the run early. I would expect McCarthy to send the team out or whoever the captains are this week, which pisses me off. <laughs> that those captains, like I mean, what the hell is that all about? Are being so, sent out and said, Tails, <laughs> and we're gonna win, and he's gonna say, Right, let's get the ball, let's run it down their throats, let's build a lead. They'll be hey, Zeke. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, then... so, so you're saying 36 24? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, okay, Brad. Uh, Graham? Oh. <laughs> Put you in the spot, man. Put you in the spot. Right. Okay. Here we go. Um, we're going to see the usual Zeke. Um, was a little bit down on him last week, but he did get he did get his his slice of the the pie last week, even with Aaron Donald. Um, I'm gonna say twenty four twenty one Cowboys. Ooh, it's funny that you mentioned that because literally this is my prediction twenty seven twenty one. Yeah, so that's what I kind of had for this game. Mm-hmm. So, and this was something that uh, our our leader uh, might want to talk about as well as a new feature for the show as fantasy football now. As how would you think in terms of fantasy points and yardage and stuff like that? How much are people going to get? Like, do you think Dak's going to get 20 plus points? How many touchdowns? How many yards for the wide receiver? How many like rushing yards six to get? So, uh, I'll go first in this one just to give you an idea. I think Zeke is going to get his first one hundred yards uh, game. So that's a hundred points already, and one touchdown. So that's a minimum of fifteen points. So, uh, what about you guys? Is this just any any, react, any kind of anywhere across the board, right? Anywhere, anywhere. Um, CD Lamb over a hundred and a touchdown. Oh, okay, okay. That, that, that's that. That's the probably the, the mo- I would say that's probably the most bold at the lot. 
I would say. Just yeah, I, I think I think they'll they'll manage to keep uh, Cooper quiet. Um, Michael Gallup didn't have the best week last week. I I mean this might be just me, but I thought Lamb looked the most dangerous, and I don't know if they've got strength and depth to cover all three. Like we talked about before, like if you give Lamb, if you give Lamb a quick slant for ten yards, he could easily go the length of the field, and that's where I think it's going to come from. So you're saying over one hundred yards and, and a touchdown, and a touchdown as well. Okay, okay, uh, Brian, any particular player? I, I I'm not going to pick a player. I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys defensive unit. Ah, okay, okay. I I am going to give them between three and four sacks. <laughs> I'm go I'm going to give them a fumble recovery, and I'm going to give them two interceptions. He's ah wait, okay. This is going to be more complicated than I thought because I can't remember. Because <laughs> you start off with it, you start. It, but it really depends how much points we lose on the board, depending on what fantasy league that you're in, obviously. Yeah, but I'm oh, doing just in I my head. I'm, I'm NFL doing, standard score, and that's like over twenty points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> easily, easily, like twenty points. Um, that's enough to win your matchup. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would love to I would love to know the actual bookies odds for that one is <laughs> Paul is, is my prediction still the wildest or um <laughs> no, no. Uh, so hold on so four stacks a fumble recovery and two interceptions yeah all right hold on I'm gonna add that to our screen so everyone can see what we were just saying there um yeah Elliot 100 yards plus one TD Lamb, 100 yards, plus one TD. Defense, four sacks, a fumble recovery, and two interceptions. Bloody hell. Brian, if that if that happens, if that happens, they're sending Mike Nolan to the Ring of Honor that night. <laughs> I, I, I give Mike Nolan a big pay rise and give, like, and give, and, and give Jim, Jim, Jim Tomsula. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but I think that covers pretty much the show for tonight. Um, we're we're still kind of feeling a bit down, obviously, from that game there. But I think with all things considering, it's the first game of the season. Everything's a wee bit slower than usual, but I think we're now kind of expect to see the game a bit more of a faster pace going forward, and hopefully, we can actually see our receivers and Dak really take up a notch and also our defence. So I don't know if that's a fair comment to say, guys. Yeah. yeah I, I, I I think it's it's time to it's time to clear our minds of last week. Um call it a mulligan and we'll see how we get on this week. Yep. Okay. Um well that calls it for the end of the show folks. But um uh, yeah um I'm trying to remember how Mike actually ends the show, I've been honest, because he's the one who usually does this. So, but yeah. All the um, shout outs. Yeah, all the yeah. shout outs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so. dear. But, uh, uh, but thanks for tuning in, folks. Um, be sure to uh, check out the show for Tuesday night for the post game show where we have a very special guest. Um, Brian, do you want to announce it? Uh, I'm, I will not be announcing it, Jess. Um, because oh, but no, no, we're we're pretty sure we have this guest lined up, but like that, we just uh, want right, okay. on Monday that it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone will be very very happy with who it is. But just to 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 also pass out that it will be Mike who'll be hosting the show on Tuesday yep. as I am away on holidays. Lucky you. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. It's well, not Jerry Jones, by the way. It's just to throw that out there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going on a yacht, one, one day, one day we will. One day. <laughs> anyway, on that note, from from myself, from Brian, from Graham, this is UK Cowboys TV. Stay safe, folks, and enjoy the game on Sunday. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday for the post game show. Go Cowboys. Yeah, nice.